the corner at the 21st down. Breaks a tackle at the 25. Breaks another at the 30. And he's loose! Gets the carry. And he's loose inside the 50-40 to the 30-20-10. Touchdown! Hello, hello, let's go. It's your man Flip Mozzie. And thank you for spending 30 minutes with us today. We're here in October now, and I'm with the man, Saxy Prince. Yinka, how you doing, man? I'm doing good, Flip. You know, uh, a little bit of a deviation. Uh, I actually recorded the main pod probably a few minutes ago, so um, great to uh, be on this pod, Flip. Uh, we, I know we chatted online numerous times uh, in DMs and stuff. I was even in your neck of the woods uh, not too long ago. Well, thank you. I like to think about it as the entire network. It's our podcast. Like you said, we've got the main show going up later this week. We've got this show going up on Thursday. It's an exciting time to be a Vikings fan, and we're just excited to be talking about our favorite team nonstop. So just looking at where we are in the season, we're five games into the year. We're three and two. We've got the Eagles coming to Minneapolis to U.S. Bank Stadium on Sunday. But I just want to take this time to like break things down, talk about where our Vikings stand, how we feel about our squad and what we should expect going forward. That's why I think you're the perfect guy to talk about this with our Vikings stand at three and two. We're last place. In the NFC North, which has no teams below 500, but there's a long way to go. So just tell me in general, how do you feel about 2019 so far? You know, honestly, we I think we knew that the first couple of games of the season were going to be more of a challenging one. Uh, I think we we're, were able to see what the Vikings are right away. Um, they're right now, they're just operating as an average team, beating the teams that they should beat. Uh, pretty handily and then you know dropping the game that they um, you know when they have to play up to upper echelon or a better team they, they, they tend to not perform as well so I don't know if I can say that the season's been disappointing so far just because this is this was my expectation uh, so I, I would say you know in the, in the words of Denny Green they're exactly who we thought that they were okay that's a fair take and I think a lot of the things that have held us down about this team dating back date back to last year that includes you know struggles at the quarterback position with Kirk Cousins being hot and cold that includes an inability to win against big time opponents in big time moments and since we saw that in 2018 what do you think are how do you think this 2019 compares to last year after 5 games after 5 games last year we were 2-2 two, two and 1 this year we're three and two. So do you think this team is better than the 2018 squad or do you think we regress? I think weirdly enough, I think we're still kind of that same team. I, again, I think we're, we do such a good job beating up on teams that we should and, and we just don't show up for teams that, you know, are, are arguably one of the better, some of the better teams in the league. But I think, I think why this is a little bit more of a disappointment this year than last year is you knew last year they were still trying to figure it out. Um, and the expectation was going to be like, okay, well, by year two, they should have it figured out. And it still feels um, like they're trying to find their identity. They're trying to find 
you know, some consistency with the passing game um, and on the uh, uh, around the offensive line as well as Kirk Cousins really connecting with his wide receivers. Uh, it looks like he has some chemistry with Adam Thielen, but um, there isn't that consistency that you need to face. You know, if you find yourself in a shootout against whether it be Aaron Rodgers or whether it be uh, Russell Wilson or, you know, some of these better teams in the league, you're going to face Philip Rivers in a, in, uh, in a few months. So it, it's it's really trying to find an identity on the offense that uh, has made the season disappointing, I would say, so far. But, I mean, there's still a lot of football, so we don't know where it's going to go. Oh, and that's a fair take. You know, we all see three and two. There's good and bad. So let's just clear the air, get straight to it. Who are you most disappointed in in the first five games of 2019? Uh, This is an easy. Yeah, this is kind of an easy one for me, mostly because I wasn't a huge fan of the pick. But Garrett Bradbury, he has shown himself to not be worthy of of the pick so far. I know he's obviously just a rookie, but you know, this was this was a guy that everyone was saying, hey, this is your center for the next, you know, 10, 15 years. But this it feels like this that's the same thing that we were saying with about Matt Khalil. Now I'm not equating him to that level, but it, it, it is disappointing that he hasn't shown to be a stud center so far because I mean some of the comparisons are like, oh this guy's great. He's in the Next, Jason Kelsey, but you know, we haven't seen it just yet, and that that's causing a lot of problems on our offense. And so I I didn't like the pick because I thought you shouldn't need to pick a center that high. I truly felt like Andre Dillard was the pick that you probably should have made at that at that position if you weren't going to trade back. But the truth of the matter, they picked him, and so far I've just been really disappointed with. Him. Okay, I to be honest, I actually disagree. Going into this year looking at what Garrett Bradbury was and who he was going up against in the first, you know, four or five games of the year. We knew he was going to be going up against Kenny Clark, against Grady Jarrett, uh, against a lot of just great pass, pass rushers. And that's really hard on a rookie. Now, I get the concerns. And if the play continues, sure, you know, he's not who we thought he would be. But he already took a step forward in the Giants game against easier competition. He's got to get some confidence under his belt before he goes back against, you know, the the Akeem Hickses of the world, Grady Jarrett's, the Kenny Clark who will have to face again. So hopefully the confidence and understanding what it means to be an NFL player, if he can do that all in one year, like, for example, a Brian O'Neill is, that's going to be very positive for the Minnesota Vikings. I think there is an urge to see it all in year one. But you look at, I mean, McAleel is a perfect example. We saw it all in year one. That doesn't mean crap in terms of a career. So Garrett Bradbury is still a pick I rep. I don't think Andre Dillard, while he's a phenomenal prospect, as far as the impact he would have for the Minnesota Vikings, I think Garrett Bradbury still has a chance and we're underrating just the guys he's been going up against. That's my take on that. Oh, I'm not. Yeah. And I'm not writing him off. I'm not saying that he can't be a stud center in the the next five, six years or whatever the case is. It's just that with with you making uh, uh, that pick that high, 
my, my expectation is that this guy was going to come in, even against like stiff competition, he was going to come in ready. Uh, I'm not saying he's a, he's a, he's a Cody Ford type guy, but he, the hope was if they were going to make that pick, that you were going to bring in a guy that you knew day one was ready to go. And it, he's just been, to me, he's been a little bit disappointing. But I do understand your take. Let's just, let me give you my guy, because this is hard for me to say. I think Kyle Rudolph has been a complete disappointment for everything that was talked about with him this offseason, a little bit of controversy. He's in the media making big grand statements about what he means to this football team for the Vikings to bring in an offense that relies on tight end as much as the Kubiak system does to see so little production from Kyle Rudolph, not just in the past game, but as a blocker as well is really stunning. Now, I don't think that's directly impacted how the offense is performed, but it's very interesting to see Kubiak and Stefanski going away from Kyle Rudolph, going a little bit to Irv Smith Jr., going to Ola B.C. Johnson. People are starting to ask, what is Kyle Rudolph even doing here? What do you think about that? Well, I I have to, again, agree, agree there, Blip. I never really wanted the Vikings to bring back uh, Kyle Rudolph. I knew why they did. I understood why they did. You don't know uh, how long it was going to take her to really truly develop. But the reality of it is, is that Ersmith way more promise uh, right away, and he just needs more opportunity to really be that weapon that we've been wanting at kind of quite a bit. Um, and I think bringing back Rudolph that money and paying him mostly to just block seems like almost admitting that it was kind of a waste to bring Kyle Rudolph back. If you can't bring him back in the capacity of he's going to be a red zone threat, one of those options, then, you know, why bring him back at all? And the fact that he's not, he's not really thriving in this offense, and this is kind of an offense that can be, it was somewhat built for a guy like him to succeed. So it, it it is very disappointing. I would definitely agree, agree that he's one of the more disappointing players on the roster. Do you think Kyle Rudolph's role in this offense over the next 11 games, do you think that's going to go up or do you think that's going to go down? I think, it, I think it's going to go down. I think with the emergence of Ersmith Jr., you know, I know we still haven't seen a ton out of him, but I, I do truly think that uh, he just needs more opportunities. He needs more um, abilities to, you know, get into space. He's already shown a lot of athletic ability so far. And I just don't want us to hinder him because, I mean, when you have guys like, you know, George Kittle out here thriving, you know, you have other guys like Kelsey uh, thriving and stuff. It's it, I think it's time for the Vikings to really, truly have a, a threat at the tight end position. And I think Irv can be that guy. You just have to get him the ball, the ball in his hands a little bit more. You have to scheme him open. You have to uh, find ways that he can utilize his talents and his gifts. And I don't think having Rudolph and him constantly through tight end sets is it's what's going to allow for that to happen. It might be where you have Stephon Diggs, Adam Thielen, Cam Dalvin Cook all on the field at the same time and see what you can see who you can find amongst those those four guys. Okay, but this offense isn't going away from two tight end sets anytime soon. So even if Irv Smith surpasses Rudolph, Rudy's still going to be on the field for 
40%, 50% of snaps? Or are you saying that, you know, David Morgan comes back and plays more than Rudy in a blocking role? Are you saying that Tyler Conklin's ready too? Or is this just, you know, having Rudolph as a tight end too going forward? Yeah, I think it, I think it more of what I'm saying is moving Rudolph to more of that tight end two status. Um, he just doesn't, he doesn't have the athletic ability. I mean, that wide receiver screen that we saw was something that should be thrown out of the playbook and just burned, uh, burned to ash. He's just not explosive. And as your number one tight end, I really feel like that guy should be a mismatch constantly. And that's not Rudolph. Rudolph has size, but he, he's not the guy that if he's catching the ball, that's where, that's where basically where the play is going to end up. He's not making anyone miss. He's not, he's not uh, boxing guys out in the end zone or, or even in the red zone just to make a couple plays. So I just, I just don't know what his, his role is going to be in this offense. When you have another guy who is, it looks to be the part already ready to go. And you're not really utilizing him as much as you probably should. I'm going to, I'm going to agree with you, Yanka. I'm also going to say, this is 15 minutes with Flip. Our fans are used to some positivity in this podcast. <laughs> I'm so sure. we're going to flip to the to the highlights. I hope people haven't turned off yet. We're going to talk about what we're most excited about over the, the last five weeks of the year. Who are you loving on the Minnesota Vikings right now? Um, I have to say, because we saw such an amazing performance out of him, I'd have to say Mike Hughes. Uh, this man, uh, we lost him for a little bit, or for most of the season, last season, after really looking like he was coming on. And the the way he was playing against the Giants, now granted it's the Giants, so you have to evaluate him under, I would say, better quarterback talent. But he just looks so good. And... It makes you think about what this 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 quarterback crew is going to be then over the next few years. We still have Xavier Rhodes, we have Kenzie Alexander, Trey Wayne, and Mike Hughes. I mean, like those, those are those are really really good corners that you have to work with. Um, and then Mike Hughes is going to continue to just improve and get better. You know, he might he might even start pushing for that that number one corner status if he keeps developing in the way that he is. And I think Zim is going to take. Uh, a very similar approach as he did with Rose with Hughes and making sure he can be kind of that top end shutdown type corner. My favorite snippet from the Giants game is that Mr. Will Hernandez and Mr. Mike Hughes were both playing in that game. And I don't, I watched that entire game. I don't even know what number Will Hernandez wears. Mike Hughes was flashing all over the place and to, to pass on a guy like that for an offensive lineman would be ridiculous. We we got Garrett Bradbury the year later. Sure, Bradbury hasn't, you know, started on fire, but it's not like Will Hernandez did either. So it's great to have Mike Hughes in purple. I agree there. Okay, let me give you mine. I'm going to go with... Oh, I can't believe I got to think about this. There's just so many stellar Vikings to choose from. The team is three and two, which means there's more good than bad. But I think the player that is not getting enough credit right now is actually Adam Thielen. Wide receiver one. You know, we used to go back and forth, Diggs or Thielen. I think we still do. They are both excellent players, but the way they've used Adam Thielen in this new scheme 
and how he's risen to the occasion has been magnificent. It's not just the fact that he's being targeted so often. It's the quality of plays he's making. It's the hands that he has on display. All three of his touchdowns, you talk about the first the first drive of the season against Atlanta, catching that Kirk Cousins pass across the middle and getting in the end zone. You talk about some key third down pickups throughout the year. You talk about just how he displayed those sticky golden gloves against the New York Giants. It's really exciting to see the consistency of excellence we're getting from Adam Thielen. Stephon Diggs is right up there, too, playing well. The targets will come. Uh, Dalvin Cook also back to the form we saw to start his career. It's amazing that our skill players are just so such a high quality for a franchise that has struggled to have those positions going back all the way since, you know, I've been a fan. So what do you think about Adam Thielen? I, I don't think it's a um I don't think it's a secret that I'm definitely uh when this, this debate comes on, I'm definitely more team Stefan Diggs. But I don't want to discount anything that uh, Adam Thielen is. You know, he he is a great wide receiver. He's a top 10 guy. You know, he's clearly a favorite within the organization, as well as with Kirk Cousins. They have they have some chemistry as well, too. I do like what he brings to the table, but I did say this on, on, on the Climate Pocket podcast. I just don't think that this offense is ever truly going to be the most efficient that it can be with Adam Thielen at wide receiver one. Um, I think when he takes up the possession receiver type type role, I think that's where we truly eat and we find avenues to, to feed Stefan Diggs for like the more explosive plays. And I think that's a little bit of the hindrance as far as that. Now, again, that's not to take anything away from Thielen because he is great, but I don't disagree with you with how he's being treated that you can say he's anything but the wide receiver one yeah and to be my comment i really don't care honestly between Diggs and Thielen. i don't care who they're sending deep more often i don't care what role they're playing or who's getting more touches i'm purely talking about the quality of plays adam Thielen is making you know he could be featured as wide receiver one, making the routine catches. And with Dalvin Cook and Stefan and Irv Smith, this offense would still be functioning. But his hands have been immaculate. And he's actually risen to a role that many honestly didn't think he'd be suited for. A lot of people thought Adam Thielen was only succeeding because he was getting matched up on third cornerbacks and linebackers. And for him to succeed in the role that he has, let let defenses come. Let the Eagles come with that poor-ass secondary and try to roll coverage to Adam Thielen. He's good enough where it's going to open up the entire offense. And that is why he's my featured player, because it's not just about his success. It's about what it means for the rest of the offense. Yeah, I, I don't disagree with you. I mean, I do, I do think our, our buddy Eric Eager did he did, he does say that uh, currently right now a lot of the the defenses that we are facing are rolling coverages over to Stefan Diggs' side, but I, it would be interesting to see uh, how Adam Thielen would would operate in in the role if he if he faced that same level of 
if he if he faced uh, some of that the defensive scheming towards his side. Right, exactly. And that's what I'm talking about. I I know that he's still going up. I I know that defenses are still scheming for Stefan Diggs. I think that Stefanski and Kubiak purposefully saw that and decided to use Adam Thielen more until defensive coordinators responded. And so they haven't. So we're going to keep on rolling with Thielen until you know, somebody makes an adjustment and once they do, good luck. It's really the only aspect of the Vikings offense that gives you excitement past Dalvin Cook is we've got two wide receivers. One of them is crushing it against, you know, secondary coverage and teams still have not been able to solve how to guard Minnesota's receivers. No, and I I don't think that they ever truly will. I mean, you know, some teams are only blessed with having that one top-end guy, uh, you know, the Keenan Allen or the Julio Jones or, you know, the list goes on. Uh, but the fact that we have two guys who, again, can be 1A and 1B um, is is a blessing. And it's it's never going to be something that you can consistently stop. It's, it's a Randy Moss and Chris Carter conundrum. Not to say that those are, are to that level of talent, but it's just it's just harder for teams to find, um, you know, two top end corners like that um, consistently stop those kind of wide receivers. But it also explains why the league is putting more emphasis on not just getting you know that sh- one shutdown corner. They want to have two or three guys where they can consistently rotate to to be able to guard guys like Adam Thielen and Stephon Diggs. Agreed. Agreed. And I'll I'll add that, you know, a lot of talk about the Vikings has purely been about the offensive side of the ball. I think we really need to spend just a quick bit of time talking about how how great the Everson Griffin bounce back has been. How does Neil Hunter just continues to dominate? How silently excellent Harrison Smith has been at the back of the defense, if you think about it. There hasn't really been any big plays allowed across the middle of the field. It, most big passing plays are happening to the edges, but it, you go in the middle of the field, Harrison Smith is just erasing people. Um, and then linebackers are playing well, you know, defensive tier interior is holding up. So the defense is really exciting about this Vikings football team. And hopefully that lasts for the next 11 weeks. Yeah, I absolutely agree with you. I mean, you have, <clears throat> I mean, you have so many guys that at, that are performing at high levels. Um, you know, you you talked about you know a lot of the starter guys, but I mean, if you look at some of the backup guys, Hercules Mataafa, looking at Jalen Holmes, Jill Johnson, uh, Ifedi, all these guys are coming and stepping in. Yeah, and that's that's a revelation, you know, because we lost Ifedi last last season, and and he was somebody that the Vikings really really liked. So to see him come back to the the squad. Um, and, and to be a kind of a mainstay on that line, uh, that defensive line, it just just shows the Vikings' ability to not only find top end defensive talent, but they are finding you know those sixth, seventh round guys who are a- able to come in and just really contribute and contribute in a, in the best way. I mean, Herc isn't even dressing on game days right now. That's that's shocking to me that we have that much depth in the interior and that's the spot we were worried about it's it's incredible what they've done there 
Okay, Yinka, I got I got a few questions for you to wrap this up. Number one, now this is gonna be take shot. You know, you can you can respond quick. You can take your time with it. But question number one, what's better, the Minnesota Vikings running game or the Minnesota Vikings passing game? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I I do think that the the run game has found its way to be just a little bit more explosive. Um, I know that the Vikings are good at generating big plays. Uh, in the past game, it's just that I think we were lacking a little bit of uh, consistency there. But having a guy like Dalvin Cook, he he is such a playmaker with the ball in his hands, and he's lo- he's looking to score every time he, he you hand it off. So um, I'm I get a little bit more excited about the run game just because I I do worry about the consistency in the in the passing game. But you know my hope is that it flip flops. You you want to have way more of an explosive passing game than you do a run game especially when you get into the de- December and January uh, months. So that is just something I think the Vikings can continue to improve on. But right now, I think it's it's definitely more run heavy than it is pass heavy. Yeah, I think I'm struggling, to be honest, because I know that the pass game is going to be something we need to rely on. But looking at how that run game is going... You know, why Why would we start passing the ball more right now? We have to wait until teams force us to use a pass. And if they're not going to do it, then, you know, we, we'll set up Dalvin Cook. We'll run play action. We'll use Stephon Diggs and Adam Thielen on an as-needed basis. I, I'm kind of against us just starting to air it out, you know, starting the game passing when you've, got the run game working so well it looks like it's almost like you're just missing out on your own opportunities if you take that strategy and i don't disagree with that i i think the and i i'm in a long i'm in this crew as well too i think the the hesitation for people is when you do get into those december and january playoff games you know if you don't have a decent enough passing game i mean we've seen plenty of teams that have been one and done or you know they they lose because they haven't established it, and and in my opinion, I think the reason why the Vikings might try to force feed the passing game a little bit more is to get Kirk Cousins very very comfortable and feeling confident because you don't want to go into December, you don't want to go into January, and he still isn't as confident as he he needs to be for us to really be that that team that we're talking about into into late January. Yeah, that's a good point. So you're basically saying it's not just about using the pass game more to generate wins. Now you're talking about let's establish the pass game, make it known that we're good at it, that put it on film so that teams have to account on it. And so when the big moment comes, we know we can rely on that strategy to move the ball. Yep. Yep. That's exactly where where I'm getting at with that. Okay. Two big questions, two big questions coming up. Number one, where do the Vikings finish in the NFC North? Oh, that, that's actually a really good question. Um, I'm just going to, I'm going to go with my gut and I'm going to say we finish second. Um, but we do finish as a wild card team. Okay. So we make the playoffs. Just, yeah. We, we pass all those scrub teams like San Francisco, like Los Angeles. We get into the playoffs. We finish second behind the Packers. Uh, yes. I think we'd finish behind the Packers. I think I think that's the team that the Packers. I know, but I do think that that's the team that that, that ends up winning the division. But hey, they, they have 
They haven't won it in a few years, so yeah, they haven't won it in a few years. So Packers turn to win of the division, huh? Well, I mean, they 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 are, in my opinion, they aren't a complete team, but they still have Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, I agree. I can't deny it now. If the Vikings are going to win the division, they got to prove it against Chicago. They got to prove it against Green Bay, and they haven't done it yet. So can't argue that much with that. Okay, final take. This is just a league-wide question, and it doesn't have to involve the Vikings. I hope it. I hope it does, but I. I get a sense that it won't. Who is your Super Bowl matchup for 2019? AFC versus NFC, which two teams? Oh, that got? is a good question. I can definitely see the Chiefs uh, being in the Super Bowl from the AFC. And then from the NFC, wow, I'm not totally sure. I thought, let me just throw a random one. It could either be the, um, the 49ers or it could be Seattle Seahawks. I would not be surprised if we see a, a Chiefs and Sox uh, Super this year. Wow. Yeah, I hear, to be honest, uh, the NFC is tough. I had Dallas going, but they've looked, they've looked pretty poor the last two weeks. So I've got the Saints with your man, Teddy Bridgewater. I've got them going yeah, after man. Drew <laughs> After Drew Brees comes back, it's just you got to give credit where credit is due. That team has figured out a lot of things on both sides of the ball. They've got momentum and they've got, you know, a team culture that you don't see going anywhere anytime soon. And AFC, it's like, why even talk about it? It's going to be the Patriots. So unless it's the Chiefs, because they still look really good. Do they do the Chiefs look that good? Can that defense. Okay, Mahomes, Mahomes still looks good. Oh, yeah. Mahomes looks great. I'll give you that. But it's tough. I don't like to say it, but New England's leading the way. They've got a cake schedule. And I don't see, other than the Chiefs, you know, I don't see the Colts beating New England in the playoffs. The Chiefs going to Foxborough. I can't even see that either. So it's going to take a couple bad games up in New England to convince me that the Patriots aren't again the team to beat. And I think we know that. And I think a lot of people are lying to themselves about how the AFC is going to go this year. Yeah. I really only think that I think, I think unlike the NFC, I think the AFC is, is only down to probably two teams, uh, maybe a third one there, but the NFC is wide open. I mean, you have the 49ers, you have the Seahawks, you have the, the Packers, the Vikings. I mean, you have a lot of teams who um, are looking, they can, they can make some noise. I mean, you have the Rams. I mean, yeah, you you definitely it's going to be a lot tighter than the AC is. Yeah, yeah. Okay, well, you know, that's it. Our Vikes, we got the Eagles on Sunday. Then we got a game in Detroit. We've got the Redskins coming to U.S. Bank Stadium after that. I would say we need to run through that trash. These are winnable games, all of them. If they're a true contender, they will do. They'll win those games. And thank you, Yankin, for joining me. A great update on the state of the Vikings, how our purple people look. And till next time, y'all, we'll be here for the rest of this roller coaster 2019. Thanks for listening. Skull Vikes. Mm-hmm.